It's time for another episode of Tucson Means Business, featuring Tucson's top entrepreneurs and leaders in the business world. And now your host, Mark Bishop. And welcome to another Tucson Means Business in these very trying times. So, well, as a channel, Tucson Business Radio X is trying to bring you very informative and interesting people for you to listen to, and that we're doing. And uh, no exception for today, because in a moment I'm going to be introducing you to a wonderful international leader, healer, and advisor. Okay, but for now, of course, we're sponsored by the 49ers Golf and Country Club and the Ring Kong Grill. And thank you for that, guys. But here's the message we've got to get out to you, of course. You know, to go ordering as everybody's doing. They're offering it from 10 30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. at the grill. This is the Rincon Mountain Grill. And during this time, they'll be taking orders both by phone and by email. All right? Here's the phone number, 749-4925, extension 2. And for the email ordering, just send an email to Rincon Mountain Grill. But here's the, here's the trick. Rincon, R-I-N-C-O-N, fine. But then Mountain, M-T-N, Grill. So there's a couple of letters missing. Rincon Mountain Grill at 49ercc.com. Okay? If that worries you, just go onto the site and uh, you can get help from there. And the confirmation email will be sent back to you with a pickup time. How about that for a service? All right? So thanks to the club and the support and your support for the club. Um, they are selling booze. If you need some, go there with your gloves and your mask and everything else. Uh, you know, six packs of beer and bottles of wine to go. Just because we're locked at home, it doesn't mean we've got to give up total pleasures, does it? So while you wait for your order uh, to be brought out to you, uh, we do encourage you to wait in the chairs provided near the front entrance of the club and it'll, the uh, order will be brought out to you. Okay, so thank you for your support for that and thank you to the club for their continuing and ongoing support of Tucson Means Business. So I was telling you about a particular person who happens to be a leader, healer, and advisor, and now a fabulous author. Yeah. Well done, Emily Eldridge. Oh, I know her. Hi, how you doing, Emily? I can't help that. I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I love your Rincon Mountain Grill. Like, uh, that was just awesome. Well, we've got to have <laughs> like, a little bit of fun. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I know this is a podcast and it goes out all over the place and it's going to stay forever on the channel, particularly because they, we do for our clients. They never go away, right? But here's the deal. We go back 18 months to two years ago now and Emily was, in fact, my very first interview on the Tucson Business Radio X channel when we launched and uh, we didn't have anybody listening then, only some friends. Uh, but over that time, Everly, we've dropped something like over 3 million downloads now. So that's pretty exciting. Woo! That's worth the sound machine again. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. Now, she <laughs> is the creator of the drawing out process. You might have heard about this. It's the discoverer of Empowers, who we're talking to today. And But her book is called Light, Dark, Truth. Yeah, there's a lot to this, but we're going to get to that later. I want to, for those of you that never heard of her before or want to understand what she does, we're going to delve into that firstly because it's wonderful what she does do. And she, uh, well, you've discovered that within all of us, Emily, really, there are three types of inner struggles and probably more now with this blessed thing going on, I tell you, which you call X powers as well as the three inner M powers. 
which hold all of the wisdom, our love, and strength that we need to live a truly powerful life. Wow. Can you elaborate on that for me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's, um, you know, it's interesting because I definitely didn't think that when my career would be this, but, you know, it's funny how life kind of guides us in different directions. And in my case, it guided me to the deepest, darkest depths of my own soul, um, in which I had to really face those inner struggles, those inner demons, all of the voices and the inner critics and the wounds and the blocks and the blind spots and the triggers and all those things that were inside of me. And so, yes, that's how I discovered that actually Mm -hmm. I ended up developing the drawing out process out of that, which does permanently heal those inner struggles, like those parts of us that carry our inner struggles, Mm -hmm. um, and then discover that there are those three types, the X powers. And I call them X powers for two reasons, because that prefix X means against. So they feel like they work against our power. That's why when we think about blocks or triggers or wounds, they feel like they get in our way of mm-hmm. really stepping into our power and living our truth. Mm-hmm. But also because, as you uh, mentioned, is that the <clears throat> excuse me the X prefix X also stands for former powers, and that's what my work guided me to discover that actually those parts of us with which we struggle inside are simply distorted parts of our power they've been distorted by fear and pain usually from things that happen in childhood Mm. or traumas but what's so fantastic about that is that they can transform back into those m powers which is the three types of m powers Mm -hmm. and those are um and these are all on my website, thenewselfempowerment.com. But the point is that what we think of as our inner darkness or our, our, the things that are bad or weak or wrong or, you know, whatever criticisms we have about ourselves, mm-hmm. um, but actually they're just distorted parts of our power. So it's really about bringing them out of that darkness and bringing them back to light, back to their true essence. Yeah. And that really every one of us does have all of the power we need to be who we're here to be. It's all there. It's just that some of it is caught in struggle, but also some parts of it, like our empowers, you know, sometimes we need to really honor those parts of us as well to really allow them to empower us. So that's yeah. what I do is I teach people how to heal their empowers, honor their empowers so that they can fully live their truth. Well, you know, we've all got our own, uh, you know, uh, baggage and garbage and God knows what else to carry, haven't we? And we all uh, all suffer through life, good, high, low, in between, but sometimes it's very hard to get rid of. And you yourself, I mean, you went through the pits and you had to do it. You're not just a talker. You've been there, done the thing with the drawing out process. And just tell us a little bit how you did become a leader, healer, and really an advisor. You know, that part of it came later. So the drawing out process came back, uh, started back in 2009 when I was in my deep, dark night of the soul. And then over that next year, developed the drawing out process to heal myself, really, and then ended up healing other people of a lot of their deepest struggles and wounds. And so then that led to the empowers. And so it all kind of evolved, really. It wasn't this sort of, you know, strategic thing. In fact, anytime I would try to plan or think that I knew what was sort of in front of me or what was going to happen, you know, the the universe or whatever would basically say, no, actually, this is what you're here to do, or this is who you're here to be. So the leader healer was one of those moments. Um, And actually, that came at another really dark time in my life, because I've been through years of illness that are related to, that was related to 9-11. 9-11. I might have mentioned that in our previous interview. Yeah, but I'm going to touch on that as well. Don't worry. We've got an hour, yeah. you know, not a quick, yeah. you know, uh, terrestrial radio five-minute blitz interview. So take your time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, this is the best. 
Um, so, um, and you and I can talk, you know. Uh, but anyway, in terms of the leader healer, I mean, you're the voice, right? Now, but anyway, in terms of the leader healer, that was, um, God, I, I don't remember exactly what year that was. But basically, I was in another really, really dark time in my life. And actually, I didn't have any clients. I developed my work and I had had clients. But at this point, I was so ill that I didn't have any clients. I didn't have any prospects. I literally was just passed out on the couch most of the time because of this illness. And I was extremely frustrated. And well, what was depressed. that? What was that called? Can you share that with us or is that private? Well, so it's, so the way it manifests on in me is, is severe, severe, severe eczema all over my face and body. Oh, you poor um, thing. And yeah. And it's extremely painful. It's more than just, Oh, I'm kind of itchy. I mean, I like, I would, my, my husband, my husband couldn't touch me. I would get extremely, I had these crying fits, but what I think really was triggering it, at least at this point is what we kind of figured out is that it was, it's linked to the chemical exposure that I had at a as a first responder um, down at Ground Zero. Okay, okay. Well, we'll go and into then, that then because yeah. you you did a terrific thing at nine eleven down there in uh, Ground Zero. Just share with us now what what exactly you got up to because I know there's many many stories, but this this well, so uh, this it, started it for you, you know. Well, and well, and also I want to say though you were asking about the leader healer, and the leader healer really did come when I was in such an excruciating, painful time that I just surrendered. I it was just in so much pain, I didn't know what to do, so I just literally was like, I surrender. I can't fight this. I don't know what to do, and that's when this I, it was like a voice, and I I rarely had this experience, but it just said, "World leaders, your purpose is to work with world leaders." And so the point is that was the thing. And I, I remember being like, what the, what are you talking, like, what, what is this? But, but it was so powerful and so clear that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to trust this. I don't know where this is going to go. But actually what ended up happening is that within a few months, I was, I was working with leaders in China at a leadership development program. And a month after that, I was in Colombia working with women business leaders. And then a month after that, I was speaking at the United Nations. Yeah. So I mean, just, looking at some background here while you have a brief, um, you've spoken about your work at venues around the world. And that has included the United Nations, the British Parliament. And the very first, uh, this is interesting, this one, the very first TEDx in a prison. And mm -hmm. uh, your work has been hailed as genius, exhilarating, mm -hmm. brilliant, a miracle worker. These are quotes, uh, a truly life-changing experience up there with sliced bread. <laughs> uh, really good ideas that spread all over the world. And currently, the, you divide your time between Tucson, right here, Tucson in Arizona, and New York, where I'm speaking to you now. New York, New York. And that's some, that's some heavy praise, Emily, right there, you know. And I'm a great believer of you take it when you can get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, I love the sliced bread comment. That actually came from an inmate with whom I worked, um, who is such an interesting story. And actually, honestly, my work with inmates has been some of the most rewarding work I've ever done. I just really have loved it so much. Um, I haven't done it in a while for a lot of reasons. But anyway, um, wonderful. And so, yeah, so my first TED Talk, um, not my second TED Talk, actually, was in a, was in a prison, mm. actually, at Marion Correctional. Yeah, well, and, and they're on the that. ones who put it together. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm going to yeah, share something with you, that touching on that, because I don't know if you've had a chance, but I've just launched a new show on the channel, and it's called Nuevo Life. And it's sort of the prelude to something that I'm really trying to get off the ground as a not-for-profit here in Tucson and then hopefully to take it nationally. But uh, Nuevo Life being uh, what I was then, I am not now. 
And what it is is a show where I host uh, uh, all sorts of ex-prisoners, parolees, uh, from murderers to just uh, somebody who's had a J in the back of the car. But all their stories, all their backgrounds, histories, how they got there, uh, what they've learned in prison, if they've learned anything at all. But more importantly, how on earth are we going to get them jobs? How do we get them accepted back into society as somebody to be, you know, a respectful member of the community? They've paid for the crime. They've paid for their time. They've done the time. And not everybody's the same, but a lot of them are. And they need that help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, just from my conversations with a lot of inmates, that's one of the big frustrations. And it's so sad because even if they do finally gain freedom again, even if they've done a lot of rehabilitation, and I know a lot of them who really have, really have turned their lives around from the inside out, done all the healing that needed to happen yeah. uh, to really create great lives, that they still, when they get out, they run into that. And it's understandable, obviously, if someone's committed crimes, people, you know, businesses and stuff are understandably suspicious and concerned. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it is just extremely sad and disappointing, you know, that, that this is what happens. I mean, I know guys who've gotten PhDs in prison, you mm, know, and it's right. still not enough to prove to society that, well, trust. You know, trust, okay. trust is the big yeah. thing, Emily. You know, businesses yeah. have said to me, look, Mark, I mean, you're trying to do well, and I appreciate all of that jazz, but here's the deal. I have tried one or two before, and they've let me down. And I said, well, mm-hmm. hey, you know, 100% mightn't be right, but let's say even if 40% were, that's 40% mm-hmm. that aren't loitering around doing nothing when they've got something to offer society and community and just want to get back. A lot of them have burnt their families, got nowhere to go, nowhere to live, can't get a job no matter what. So, uh, you know, I mean, uh, we're all God's children, don't you think, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, and this, I mean, this leads us down a whole other path in terms <laughs> of, you know, all who right. can be rehabilitated, who can't be. But I think it's wonderful that you are having that show because there are there's a lot of wisdom behind bars, as strange as that sounds. Um, and actually, in my new book, Light Dark Truth, I tell about 19 or 20 stories of from my clients, and four of those are inmates. And so, in those stories, we learn the truth about really what led to those parts of them forming that maybe caused them to be violent or especially mm-hmm. defensive or what have you. Mm. So, or even um, caused them to abuse others. And it really came from their own abuse. And that's not, I'm not trying to make a blanket statement about all people that, you know, <clears throat> who've, you know, been in prison and commit crimes. But the point being that it's, it's as they say in, in this prison program with whom I worked, um, first victim, then perpetrator. Right. That most right. of the time, people who are hurting other, hurt people hurt people, right? Hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. So first they're hurt, then they hurt. Yes, because and I again, think it's not to say that's it on okay. Else. Yes. Yeah, and it's not to say that's okay. As my mom, uh, a psychotherapist, she learned from one of her trainings, uh, is it's okay to be angry. It's not okay to hit. This is something they teach the children in that program. And I think that's a really, really fantastic kind of both and to say it's okay for you to feel your feelings. You know, you have a right to how you feel. It's okay to feel that way. Mm -hmm. It's not okay to hurt others because of how you feel. 
That's it. And so I, I really like that. And it's, that's the whole point, too, even. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I've got such a mixed bag that will be coming on the show. And, I mean, uh, a lot of poor guys were led that way, peer pressure. They were young, uh, not much in families. I'm, I'm noting statistics, and I, I'm really starting to see already with the no father syndrome when, when somebody's a teenager or a bit younger than that leading into teenager, whom they mix with next and what they do and trying to be, you know, big time and grow up, and they end up in trouble. Then when they get inside... I mean, who have they got? Heavy-duty dudes that want them to join them or be the same again when they get out. It's like a no-win-win for them. You know, someone has to stand up for them. But listen, mm-hmm. I want to ask mm-hmm. you about the Dr. OP, for sure, the drawing out process. Uh, it's a very simple yet extremely powerful, groundbreaking seven-step technique, right, that heals individual inner struggles in something like two hours or less. Boy, that that sounds so expedient, really, Emily. You know? Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, when it comes to emotional struggles, I can be a little impatient. <laughs> in other words, I don't. I don't need that. I, I mean that. In other words, that you know, it's when I was going through my struggles. I just remember, um, you know, very well-intentioned people saying, "Well, you're just going to have to learn to accept that this is how you feel, yeah. and just going to have to breathe through the pain." And I, I, all well-intentioned, all excellent advice. But for me, I just knew I was like, I know I can be free of this struggle. I know I can be free of this self-loathing. I just kept seeing this vision of myself feeling free and at peace and whole. But meanwhile, my life and I did not look like that or feel that way, but I still just had that determination. And so really the drawing out process um, was something that kind of came to me in pieces where the first piece came when I was actually probably the worst, one of the worst nights of my life when I wanted to end my life. And um, thank God I had someone I could call. um, And that person helped me recognize that it wasn't me that was feeling this way or making me feel so self-loathing. It was a part of me. And that's what I realized. And so then that's when the first piece of the drawing out process came, which is, of course, drawing. (laughs) You know, you draw that part of you. You literally draw it with crayons or paper, you know, Mm. whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And then, but you're also drawing it out, right? There's a double meaning there. You're drawing it and you're drawing it out. So let me get clear. I was going to, how does it work? So we're drawing, we're talking, and loving acceptance helps, struggling inner parts feel acknowledged and heard so this is the first thing is it that starts coming out we're we're literally drawing like with a crayon or a biro or a bit of a pen of some sort right yes yeah and and the reason why that's extremely important and i detail i detail this in my online programs and in the book is that there's something so powerful about actually drawing what's inside of you as opposed to just talking about it. And one of the main reasons why that is in very, very simple terms is when you look at the left brain and how it communicates versus the right brain and how it communicates. Now, reminder, left brain is the logical, rational, reasonable, you know, language center. And the right brain is more a creative or emotional or abstract center of our brain. Mm. Um, so the, the if you're talking about how you feel, then you're actually actually asking your left brain to interpret what's going on in your right brain in very simple terms. However, if you actually ask your right brain to express how it feels, it's going to express it in images and you're going to get a whole lot more information. It's going to come from a much deeper place in the subconscious. I mean, I've had people draw things where they draw it and they're like, I don't even know what this is. I don't know why I drew this. Mm. But then within a few minutes, we've made sense of it. It's like, oh, that's, oh. So it's amazing how so much rich, 
wise information can come through simply by drawing whatever it is that you're struggling with. That's just the, the first step is really to identify. The second step is then to draw those parts uh, or that part. And then <clears throat> literally in the rest of the conversation, the person, the, the, the process, the person names it. And I have a conversation with that part of them. And there is nothing woo-woo or no hypnosis. It's literally just have them close their eyes. They've given me the name for that part of them that we're going to talk to. And I just say, you know, let's say his name is Bob the Bully. And I say, hey, Bob, are you there? <laughs> and it's, it's crazy. Like the part, the, that part, Bob will start speaking. Like he just will. It's, and and it's, it's, it's funny because I, for me, I've done this like thousands of times. So it's not a big deal for me. But I think other people listening are probably like, what the heck is she talking about? And how yeah, is it possible? Yeah, but, left but brain, right brain, say, you know, da, da, da. I mean, hey, give me a yeah, <laughs> but when my But when my friends, my, I'm sorry, my clients, when they go through it, they're just, and once they go through it, oh, oh is that you doing the, <laughs> you're doing the sound? That's all right. Yeah, I'm just doing a Bill O'Reilly, you know, yeah, the tweet, tweet thing every time someone, oh. no, it was the other guy. That's right. When, uh, you know, you'd ask a question and someone would look like they're in space, you know, they, uh, they did, they hit ah. that thing. <laughs> Like, so like the crickets, yeah, that's what it over was. The head and he's got the birds around his head or something. So here's the no, deal. Yeah. Here's the deal, yeah. right? You're thanking and explaining free. The old patterns go bye-bye, and they guide, you know, you guide them to adopt a new, more loving and empowering way about themselves. Well, obviously, mm-hmm. they must feel like they're loved, supported, mm-hmm. and empowered even, right? Yes. And those, that's the main thing. In fact, I kind of break it down yeah. in the book without exactly going through the exact steps. In the book, <laughs> You're pushing on this say, book, aren't you? <laughs> well, well, no, but it's true. Well, but see, it's, it's cool because one of the great things about writing, having written a whole book about this, is it's like, oh, my brain has something that I spent nine right, months, you right. know, cranking out that it's like I refer to. And a lot of new information actually came to me through the book. But the point being is that the, the, the three sort of, the three sort of ingredients that are necessary in order for the steps to work are curiosity, understanding, and empathy. And so what we're doing also is all also, it's also about how you treat these parts of you. Because if you've got, if I'm talking to someone's inner bully and if I bully it back, guess what's going to happen? Like we're just going to get in an argument. Yeah. Um, And so instead, I just love on that part and I'm curious about it. And I'm like, so I, and I'm curious, like, where, how can you feel this way? Was there something that happened to the person? You know, blah, blah, blah. So the point is, we're treating these parts of us differently than we usually do. And part of the problem, the reason why we are at war with ourselves, the reason why our struggles get worse is because. We resist them. We fight them. We don't like them. We don't Mm -hmm. like how they feel. We don't like how they make us act. And so we have this whole like war going on inside. But what ends up happening is it just gets worse and worse and worse. And so what I do is I neutralize that with how I treat these parts of a person. Um, And even myself. I mean, obviously, I treat myself this way, too, from learning that this is what works. It's actually very practical. Again, it's not woo-woo. It actually is, I just do what works. Well, in the the research I I did on you and on what I was reading, uh, it goes so far, I thought this was a bit of a stretch at first, all right, to be honest with you, but now I'm starting to Uh understand it a lot better. You know, what years of therapy hasn't been able to resolve uh, for a lot of people uh, can be healed in just a couple of hours. So, you know, energy, yeah. the energy that was stuck, you know, is suddenly freed. And the feeling, apparently, mm-hmm. for, the, uh, for your client is truly amazing. 
Yeah, it really, really is. And, you know, that to say that, you know, what, you know, that what took years of therapy and was it fixed by years of therapy can be fixed in less than two hours. I mean, that, those are the words of my own clients. And, and it's partly because of what I said about talk therapy. Now, I don't, I don't have anything against talk therapy. My mother's a psychotherapist. She's brilliant. Um, but this is where I found that when my clients come to me, usually they've been going to therapy for years and years. And they will say, mm. you know, I, I understand. I, you know, all those years of therapy helped me understand why I feel this way or act this way. But, but now what? What do I do? How do I fix it? Yeah. And so that's why when we spend those two or three hours together, you know, we can go to the root of like, really, what's that core wound that's fueling those feelings or that behavior? What is that core inner trigger that's causing you to react that way? And so what I'm doing is it's literally I'm talking getting it from the horse's mouth i'm talking directly to that part of them so we're mm -hmm. bypassing the analytical brain that wants to try to analyze and figure out and going straight to the source and saying hey honey how are you feeling what's going on here and then it's crazy like stories come out the person will or that part of them will tell stories that's like from when they were three or six or stuff they didn't even remember and then when, you know, we're sort of done with that part of the process, they'll say to me, oh, my God, I haven't thought about that in 30 years. You know, and I, or I never realized that that's what was causing me to react this way in these situations. And so I'm all about, you know, like I said, I'm kind of impatient. I'm like, let's go to the root. I'm not interested in the symptoms. I'm like uh, only in so far as they can guide me to the root. Because well, I want to heal from the deepest place possible. The deep down. Yeah. The drop has had amazing results, apparently, with everything from uh, sexual trauma to emotional neglect, even to addiction issues. And apparently it also heals the inner protective mechanisms that form in response to trauma and abuse. You know what? This is fascinating reading. Uh, this site is still going, isn't it? Dub, 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 the new self-empowerment slash forward slash testimonials. Oh, yeah. The new self-empowerment.com. Yes. Okay. Dot com slash testimonials. Yeah. Okay. That's fabulous. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, we're, we're going to take a, a slight break. When we come back, all right, we're going to look at the book. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the way you've been marketing it. It's fresh. It's unique. But I like the book too. Light, Dark, Truth by Emily Eldridge. And what was your connection with Tucson again, Emily, just for some of the listeners? Well, actually, you know, I, I actually live in New York most of the time, but when this whole um, coronavirus crisis was starting, starting to come into New York, that's when I flew back to Tucson. So I'm actually in Tucson with my husband. I didn't want to get stuck in New York for months away from my husband. So it's because of my husband that I'm here. He still lives and works here. So, you know, I'm living in New York, he's living in Tucson, and we find ways to see each other throughout yeah. the year. There you go. All right. You've got a loving heart for the place. There's no doubt about that. So uh, we're going to we're going to talk about that in just a sec, okay? You're listening to Tucson Means Business with Mark Bishop, and my very special guest today is Emily Eldridge, and we're proudly sponsored by the 49ers Golf and Country Club, featuring the fabulous Rincon Grill. Always an interesting show with the 49ers Golf and Country Club sponsoring this Tucson Means Business. That we're very grateful for. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice for you to meet somebody by the name of Mackenzie. I call her Macca. <laughs> Mackenzie Taylor is her name. Hi there, Macca. Hi. Hi, great to see you. <laughs> Mackenzie Taylor is the executive chef of the 49ers. And 
She is also the food and beverage manager, correct? That's correct, yes. You're a busy little girl, aren't you? <laughs> lots and lots to do. What's your background? How on earth did you get into food? Well, I fell in love with food when I was actually pregnant with my daughter 13 and a half years ago and was watching Martha Stewart a lot. And I decided I really wanted to learn how to cook just like she did. And so I just got a passion for cooking and baking and um, entertaining. And so when I came to Tucson 12 years ago, I enrolled at Pima Community College through their culinary school program mm -hmm. and spent two and a half years in that program, met some amazing local chefs, uh, had the opportunity to start working for a catering company in town, uh, worked with them for many years, worked at a couple restaurants downtown and just really expanded my horizons. Uh, when I got the opportunity to be the executive chef at Pantano Christian Church uh, on the east side. That was amazing. We got to feed so many people, and it was such a community-driven atmosphere. It was amazing. I think it was in the vicinity of some 2,000 or something, wasn't it? Yes. We have a lot a lot of um, wonderful members who come weekly and who uh, join us for breakfast and lunch. That's a lot of cooking, isn't it? <laughs> it was a lot of cooking. It was a lot of cooking, but it truly prepared me for what we're doing now, too, at the Country Club. So. There you go. Now, this um, wonderful training that you got at Bima, what was that, two years, did you say? Yeah, it was just over two years, mm -hmm. um, and it's an amazing culinary program that's local here in town. Uh, it's all local chefs who are the instructors. Right. So you learn everything from hot foods to garmanger to baking to pastry. It's the amazing. Works. The works. You took to it like a duck takes to water. <laughs> exactly. Or orange say. sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's um, it's evident in your in your food. I mean, uh, people at the Rincon Grill, which is at the 49ers Golf and Country Club, who proudly sponsor Tucson Means Business, uh, they're raving about uh, all your wonderful changes and things that you've done. Um, so I think you learned with a passion, and I think it's part of you. It's just who you are, yes? Thank you, yes, yeah. The passion definitely radiates. I always say if you don't have passion in the kitchen, uh, get out, because it is too hot and crazy in there if you're not doing what you love. Exactly. And although, you know, you're regarded as back of house because as executive chef, you're teaching and training and also overseeing the other uh, chefs, and other people in what we call the kitchen area and so on. But you're also front of house, aren't you, with your other role? Yes. So I've had such an interest in banquets and, and people. I love people. I always say they can't keep me back in the kitchen. I've got to come out to the floor, see the dining room, talk to people, touch tables, just check on everything. I really want to make sure that the quality of the service and the food that you're getting when you come into the 49er Country Club is just overall 100%. Um, it's really been amazing to be able to uh, work with the front of house team, which I call the hospitality team. So our hospitality team and our culinary team um, really have the same direction, the same vision for where we're going. And I think that's really exciting to see. It is. It's And you are leading the fray. There's no doubt about that. And when we talk about, you know, uh, there's fine dining and, and then there's just, you know, finger foods, right? And just <laughs> bar foods. It's interesting that the Rincon Grill is neither. Right. But it's, it's all. It's everything. Exactly. We want you to have amazing bar food. We want you to have a nice cold beer after a hot game of golf out there and feel comfortable ordering soft pretzels and wings. Uh, but we also want to really give you a variety on our dinner menu as well of, you know, beautiful mahi-mahi and salmon and chicken piccata. Uh, and of course, it, it wouldn't be a country club without a perfect club sandwich. So <laughs> we definitely have those offerings as well. Mackenzie Taylor. Executive chef extraordinaire of the Rincon Grill. When you do go there, ask for her. She'd love to meet you.
We'll talk more with her later on. Okay, we're back and reminding you, please, uh, that's normal. When everything's back to normal, what you heard then is what goes on. But keeping in mind right now, uh, the golf at this point in time when I've recorded the show is uh, still open. Now, you know, there's a bunch of contention with that with some people, but it's outdoor freshness and I don't know, but maybe it'll be closed by then. But the restaurant will not be. Here's the deal. The dining room service is closed, but the to-go ordering will be offered from 10.30 a.m. to 7.30. All right? So you can order by phone, 749-4925, extension 2, or you can email Grill at 49ercc.com. Okay? And, you know... They'll email you back, tell you what time to come and pick it up. Just wait out the front. They're also selling six packs of beer and bottles of wine to go. So, you know, you can get your beverages as well. My special guest is Emily Beveridge. I hope you've been enjoying what she's been telling you. And now you can read more about it, not only the website, but the book. And it's her very, very first book. It's uh, Light, Dark, Truth. And you can read about it at www.lightdarktruth.com. And... You know, Emily, the thing, it takes you apparently on a fascinating journey from inner light, a person's inner light, down into my inner dark, but rising up to the truth about who I am again. And throughout the journey, uh, you hear about groundbreaking discoveries as you read this book and you read never before heard truths and truths and um, you learn about life-changing techniques that teach you how to access the light, heal the dark, and fully live your truth that is inside you. All right, author, tell us all about it. <laughs> well, you did a really good job right there. You know, so I actually first started trying to write a book back in 2011 um, as I was, you know, had more clients and my book, my, my work was gaining some, you know, recognition. And people were saying, when's your book coming out? When are you going to write a book? And I was like, <laughs> Seven I, years I, later, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's yeah. coming, it's and, coming. And yeah, I know. Yeah, I, was so like, I know I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So, I mean, I, when I sat down finally this past year to, to really, really, really focus on the book, um, you know, I looked back at my notes and I'm like, oh, my God, 2011. Oh, good Lord. Um, but, um, but yeah, the, but the point is I, I couldn't actually write the book that I wanted to write back then because I needed to evolve. Um, and the work needed to evolve. So really, um, last year when I moved to New York, it was kind of wild after <clears throat> I moved in, I kind of gotten everything all set, set uh, squared away. And all of a sudden it was just this like whoosh that just said, okay, time to write your book. And I'm like, uh, okay, I wasn't expecting this. You know, so I was working with clients and I was speaking, but really my all my extra time was writing this book, um, which is a whole even additional self-development journey for myself yeah. in and of itself. Um, but the point is that it is um, it's bigger than than my work alone. So in other words, it's I create this this much larger human journey context for the work that we've just been talking about. You know, the drawing out process, the yeah, end sure, powers, sure. the X powers, mm-hmm. and truth. And so yes, exactly. It's really saying here's the truth, guys, because I find that people are so confused. 
and they're so overwhelmed, especially when it comes to emotions. We can feel so like fragmented and discombobulated and like, I don't know, I, what do I do with this? And so I, I really, I just like break it down and I make it really easy. It's almost like by the end of the book, I want people at the end to say like, wow, Emily just explained it all for me. Well, <laughs> you know? well from, what I, uh, from what I can understand, it has, uh, shall we say, two missions, the book. The first is mm-hmm. to is to heal uh, the reader. The second is to heal humanity. Would that be right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Light, because as we dark heal, truth. Hmm. Yeah. As we heal, we heal humanity. That's how it works. It really starts within. As we heal, we shine our light. As we shine our light, we light up the world. The world needs our light. But it's not the kind of thing where you try to get somebody else to be that way. We have to start with ourselves. And that's what the book is about. It's explaining, okay, you know, that really we are light. And even if you think think about how we describe someone who looks alive, you know, they're glowing. If they look joyful, they have a sparkle in their eyes. So we even use language like this to describe people who seem lit up and joyful and alive and thriving. Mm -hmm. And so I talk about how that, but also the fact that literally almost every single one of our atoms was fused in a star. So we literally come from light in that way as well. But then what happens is, you know, we're born and we're this light, but, but then what happens is, you know, we end up on this planet. We end up having these experiences that fragment us, fragment our light and dim that light and cause us to disconnect mm-hmm. from our sense of truth. And so what happens is, though, the more that happens is that then parts of us actually fall into darkness, those X powers, right? So the M powers are the light part, those M powers get fragmented, and they fall into darkness and become X powers. And that's when we take what what I call a walk in the dark. And literally, it's like I take the reader by the hand, and we walk in this darkness of humanity mm-hmm. and we meet actual characters that showed up in the drawing out process and some of the stories were just incredible and I don't say that I, I didn't write these stories in other words these are actual people's life experiences these are their stories I just you know wrote them into a narrative but the point being is you know just amazing um, stories of what people have experienced and then those parts of them that formed as a result of that but then we also see during that walk in the dark those parts transform back from the dark cells back to light because that's what they always were so my point for the reader is to say hey these parts of you that you think are bad or wrong or evil or stupid or weak or whatever again like i said in the beginning they're just parts of your power that have been distorted they're just parts of your light that have fallen into darkness and they can transform back to light and so we see those parts and then the next section as we said is up into the dawn and the dawn is a section of the book where i say here's how you do it you know and that's where i mentioned you know the curiosity understanding and empathy and then i also um, share some of the main key ingredients of the drawing out process that make it so powerful but but to what you said about healing humanity is actually then after dawn is true and that the whole point of this journey through darkness is to empower us to more fully live our truth and that we live our truth that is when we are most lit up that is when we are most at peace. That is when we are most whole. That is when we are most empowered. And everyone has their own truth that they're here to live and that mm. they were divinely designed to live. So it's not like we need a power we don't have. It's already there inside. And that when you live your truth, you help heal humanity. So would you That's regard this uh, 
Would you regard this as a spiritual book? You know, it's funny. I had someone ask me that the other day. I, I did not, I deliberately didn't use terms like God, for example. I deliberately didn't use, I, I, I used some quotes from spiritual texts. But not a single, not not a, 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 a like a, a an individual one over and over again or anything. Mm-hmm. So I draw from a lot of different sources, and that's that's on purpose because the whole point is my message is universal. Um, and so it, you, yeah, I, I would say that some people would say, oh, it's very spiritual. Other people, what I've tried to do though is really frame well, it's esoteric. It. There's no doubt about it. it. I mean, it's out yeah. there with a lot of. How do I say this? There are so many enlightenment type books, spiritual books. Uh, that come under that banner, uh, mm-hmm. motivational stuff that touches on it as well. This is a very fresh approach to it. I mean, we're talking about, for a minute there, I'm visualizing entities in a person, not that they're schizophrenic, uh, not that there's boogeymen inside them, but if they're drawing out all these different entities and characters, uh, you know, different parts of themselves, right, that they're getting rid of mm-hmm. and drawing them out and so on, who the heck are they? They're not past lives, are they? Um, I, uh, you know, that's a great question. I, I don't typically think so. I, that's not to say I don't believe in past lives. That's not to say I don't believe in there being other things that could be inside of people. But from my experience, 99 to 100% have all been parts of the person. Um, that may have felt like they were foreign to the person, but actually it's because they, you know, formed in response to traumas that person had, mm. let's say. So, um, and so that's why I say if it's a part of you, its intentions for you are always good. Now, the results may not be. See, that's the difference is that their intentions, so that inner critic that may be tearing you down, it's doing horrible things. And at the same time, mm-hmm. when we, if we were to talk to it, we discover its intentions for you are good, but it doesn't understand that it's hurting you and not helping you. And so that's part of what my job when I work with these parts is to explain that. That's that explain step is to say, hey, it's not helping anymore. You're hurting mm. this person and it's not, you know, and, and they don't want to hurt anymore. And so that's what helps them transform. And so it's almost like, actually, it's almost like a computer. It's like a computer <laughs> and you have um, the desktop. And you've got, you know, all the pro, you know, you've got files and stuff on the desktop and you see stuff going on there. You could think that as your conscious mind, but there are all kinds of programs Mm -hmm. running in the background, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that we don't see, but until suddenly the computer starts glitching and we're like, what the heck is going on here? And then you find out, oh, it's this very old, outdated program that's been there, you know, since the 80s. And it needs an upgrade. And so it's like the process is almost like upgrading these parts. And so that's why it's the the work is that the book, well, the work and the book are some people could say it's spiritual. But I I would say that for me, I'm I'm I have a big, a great balance between the two. I'm also extremely practical Mm. and and like grounded. And I and I I think it's it's extremely important to I do. I look for this way. I do what works. And if people want to think that's spiritual or whatever, that's fine. I'll but take I from it, yeah, this what, is what, take what you need now. Yeah. Folks, yeah. if this fascinates you enough that you'd like to read the darn thing, here's what you got to do. Because 
I was introduced to this thing in a very clever way, I thought, because, you know, there's lots of authors trying to get books out there. It's very difficult. And if, if you don't have thousands, it can be difficult too. But with this day and age, with the web, and, you know, it gives a, a self-author a chance to maybe publish something that uh, you don't need the big budget for uh, in the beginning, uh, like the old days, and go do book signings and God knows what else. But the point is, it may get there. Um, first of all, there's a website. But what happened is because I was on her mailing list and uh, I like to get stuff from people, you know, I was getting little excerpts from the different chapters, chapter one, chapter two, whatever, and you start to follow, you know, the whole gestalt of the thing, which makes you, you know, potentially want to read the whole book. True? Would that be right? Am, am I sort of saying that correctly, Emily? Or, or yeah. What? Yeah, All I right. sequence the excerpts so that you can you can follow yes okay. the the sort of pro, pro, um, the journey of the book. Well, yeah. very good, very good. Did you think of that yourself? Uh yeah. Very you good. Mean the, you mean to do the excerpts or? Well, to do the marketing uh, that way. That's a nice, fresh way of doing it. Very good. Um, where can people you. go to what site now? Because you've got so many things here uh, let's have a look there's only there's only facebook twitter instagram youtube uh, website <laughs> ah, <laughs> hey you haven't got tiktok on there baby that's the new one hey i don't have tiktok i don't even really know what tiktok <laughs> is i mean like i think i saw like the kate mckinnon elizabeth warren and it said tiktok you yeah, know the snl yeah, and i was TikTok, like TikTok. what is that you got to keep up with yeah. it. Uh, unbelievable, all this social media it's business. It's like Snapchat. It's always something different. So I stick with kind of the big ones, like the Facebook, the Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, YouTube, things like that. Well, Insta- uh, well, Instagram is overtaking Facebook, I'll tell you. And uh, this TikTok oh, yeah. is flying up the track too. But, you know... Uh, now with the COVID virus, I mean, I got to tell you, social media is a savior for a lot of people. I don't know what we ever did in the old days. I mean, I'm still struggling how to work the darn things. I mean, you know, I'm a bit dumb. But the reality is, what did we do when we wrote a letter? How many days did it take to get there? Did we pick up the <laughs> phone? That's the part I don't like that's happened with this new world. I see teenagers, yeah. kids, I see everybody, heads down, away they go. And quite frankly, they've lost the art of communication. And, you know, yeah. they don't talk on the phone much. It's, it's always this, you know, and abbreviated, you're, you know, you are, uh, spelling tests. <laughs> I mean, it's, you've got guys coming out with degrees these days in top jobs, you know, and they can't run three sentences together. I mean, it's amazing. But what can people do? Where can they go now to, um, to have a look at this book? Tell me. Well, um, a couple of places, one of them you mentioned, lightdarktruth.com. What that does is it forwards to a page on the new self-empowerment site, and it has where you can stick your name and email in there, and you'll start getting excerpts right away. Um, And then you'll get one, and then you'll get uh, the later ones every three days. But like you said also, and I I would love that if people would please do that. I would just love that. Um, And then the other thing, though, like you said, with Instagram, I find, uh, so on Instagram, if you follow me on Instagram, it's Emily Emily International. And um, you see my face there. And basically, that's where I've been posting. I, I post inspiring quotes there anyway, but I also have been posting quotes from the book. So those are just smaller quotes. 
whereas the email is the, the larger excerpt. Yeah, well, keep, so, keep, and there's keep, a lot of information in those excerpts. So I was going to say, but know. don't you know, keep them reasonably short because some miser may say, "Well, while I buy the book, I'll just get the excerpts." You know. <laughs> Yeah, but they're going to miss a lot. Of course I they cut are. Of course lot. they are. There's too much. Um, what about uh, Amazon.com? Is it on that? No. So it is uh, currently unreleased. It is unpublished. I am currently looking for a publisher. Um, I talked to one the other day. I've been talking to some, and basically my main intention okay. is I will go with whoever can bring this book to the world. All righty. So this is a lead up. Right. This is a lead up yeah. to it and get it known a little bit, get it out there and so on, and then it'll be yeah. for sale possibly. Um, yeah. You know what I would love to do if I wrote a book? I would love to see America by going to book signings all over the place, although it looks like hard work. Mm. Would you do that? I would totally do that. I'd love that. I think yeah, it's fun. I'd be fabulous. I'd be super excited. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, you're reading my book. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, I, well, want, I really... want one with, with a sign in the front. Okay, Emily? You know how uh, okay, people get it? Okay, Mark. Oh, all right. It's I, a I deal. I mean, you've only interviewed me twice now. Come on. I think, you, I think you've earned a book from me. What do you think it'll um, retail yeah, for but... when it does get out there on Amazon? Oh, stuff? I don't know. Any idea at all? I don't roughly? know. Everybody Honestly, can afford it. That's what I'm getting at. All right. Currently, it's. 70,000 words. I was told that it should be cut down to 55,000. So mm. the point is, though, it's a substantial book. It's not a little booklet. It's, it really is like deeply comprehensive. And really my intention okay. is that it, it heals people's hearts. It, that that is my whole thing. So even though I'm sort of being silly and saying I'm glad you're reading my book, right. I know that I'm here to serve a much higher purpose. Mm. And so for me, it excites the hell out of me that people would be learning this information and then applying it to their lives because it is deeply transformative. Yeah, and I know that my job thing. is here to bring that to the world. So, well, uh, yeah. I, I tell you what, what I like about uh, the idea too that you get feedback from uh, your past clients and so on. Wouldn't it be nice if people read the book? and actually wrote to you with feedback and oh, you're all over the world yeah. and then telling you results for them and what it's done for them or it's done nothing you i know, want my money back <laughs> be like demanding our money back uh, what is this this crazy ready. stuff now you know it's really fun because um one of the things i do for my pro bono work is i mentor young leaders around the world mm -hmm. um through mostly through an organization called world merit um, and I'm one of their mentors and speakers, and they actually affectionately call me Merit Mom. But the point is, it's so fun, and I speak I speak internationally too, and it's just so fun because I will get emails from people who, you know, they saw me speak three years ago, and they mm -hmm. say, hey, mm -hmm. I, I'm just not reaching out to you, but I want you to know what an impact you had, and I'm still honoring my empowers, and I've been drawing out those ex-powers, and they've been doing those things, so... That is the most gratifying thing for me. I, my, I'm my, i just like, great. Take it, use it, work with it, heal from it. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> like, that's good, mate. And I really, do hope you, I really do hope you give that feedback. I mean, this show goes on various, uh, you know, podcast platforms all over the globe. Um, that's the beauty of this sort of platform. So that's great. And hopefully more people get to read it and want to know more and so on. We're coming to a close. I'd just like to ask you a personal couple of questions, if I may. Um, where is where do you think well your higher vision for work now uh when i asked you that you know two years ago where do you see it going well it's manifested hasn't it yeah it's it's manifesting my vision for the work is to quote elf ginormous um it's really 
I have a really huge vision. Like I said, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I say that for, let's put it this way for a lot of years, I actually, um, was too overwhelmed and intimidated to really share the work on a big scale because the vision is so huge and I felt so overwhelmed and intimidated and I didn't feel ready for it. I do feel ready now. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would love for everybody on this planet, at least as many people as possible, to be talking about their X powers and talking about their M powers, mm-hmm. to be referring to them as a way of self-understanding a very simple, very quick. I mean, children get this information right away. They see my postcard that has the <laughs> M powers and the X powers, and they get it. I mean, they look at it, they say, oh, yeah, I have that and I have that. No blocks. The point is, it's, it's, it's deliberately really, really simple. Oh, no, actually, they'll, they'll say like, oh, I have that mean part of me. Yes, that one comes out when my sister throws a fit or whatever. Yeah. But the point being is that it's so simple, but it's such an easy way to access Right. oneself and to understand oneself. So that's really my, one of my biggest visions and missions. Well, and however that happens is however that happens. I would love to have, you know, centers around the world. I would love for um, leaders everywhere to be uh, practicing this or working with this to heal. Right. Because that's part of my mission too, is that so many of our leaders are leading from their wounds and not from their wisdom and they don't even know it. And so we need healthy, happy, whole, vibrant, joyful, caring, loving leaders. That's who we need. And the problem is, obviously, historically, it's been quite sociopathic. So that's that's a big reason also why I feel I was called to to work with, with world leaders and to heal leaders. Emily Aldridge, really um, Emily one final uh, question for you. Mm-hmm. If there's one message you could share with the world, what would it be? Honor your truth. You know, that's the quietest you've been in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I got you thinking, didn't I? Is that what you were trying to do? Yeah, it was a little like, tweet, tweet, tweet around my head. Yeah. <laughs> well, it worked. Honor your truth. <laughs> yeah. So what would you do? Honor you know, your if, truth. Honor your truth. Honor your yes. truth. Be thyself. Ca- capital C truth. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because your truth, the truth is the most powerful force within you. Yes, it is. And the truth is when we live our truth, when we trust our truth and we live it, that is when we are most free, whole, and at peace. Amazing. And when we do that, we heal the world. She's a leader, a healer, an advisor, and now an author. And God willing, a very successful one because her book, if she is successful, it's because the book is sold and gone to a lot of people and been given away as gifts and so on, and will heal a lot of people, which in turn will heal the planet. I think that's about it in a nutshell. Emily, absolutely lovely speaking with you again. God bless, take care, and uh, you stay safe through all this uh, COVID business, okay? Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're most welcome. Emily Eldridge, ladies and gentlemen, the book is Light, Dark, Truth, and you can uh, check it out at www.lightdarktruth.com, okay? And the show was proudly brought to us by the 49ers Golf and Country Club uh, on Tankerbury Road, about 12,000. And on the right-hand side, if you're in the vicinity, you didn't realize that the restaurant is open, the Rincon Grill, uh, order ahead, go pick up, go to, go away. You know what I mean? All right, take care. Thanks for listening, everybody. I look forward to another show with you very soon.